Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavor box or even their watermelon flavor box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shocked energy today and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whenever you're listening to us or watching us, and however you're listening or watching us, thank you for making the Sports and the World Podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladaris. Hope all of you are well and safe out there. And on this episode, I'm so happy and so pumped to have on this guest. She's a reporter for the Fox Sports Radio 1340 for the Washington Wizards. He's the host producer of About Nothing Sports Podcast, which you should check out, by the way. Good, good stuff. And all around NFL, NBA personality. I'm glad to have on the show, Ashley Baker. And how are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Likewise. Thank you so much for coming on. And how are you doing? How's everything? I'm good. I'm good. Um, ready to get into these topics. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been crazy. Sports has been crazy. <laughs> yes. It, yes, it has. It's that, that that's, that's putting it mildly, but it's, it's, it's <laughs> right. definitely one word. There's no word in the, in the English language that could probably describe it better than that. It's crazy. But so let's, let's just dive right on in. And okay. one of the things that I'm always curious about when it comes to people is, is how they got started in the sports industry. So my question is, is how did you get started you know, in the sports industry and how long have you been in the sports industry? Sure. So I've been in um, coming, I think in like two weeks, it'll be officially like six years that I've been in the sports um, world career field. And honestly, um, I've really felt like early from my earlier childhood days I've always had a thing for sports I grew up in a very sports dominated family us women we love some sports in my family and so um I always grew up with like a passion and a drive to like talk about it and debate it and like analyze it and I decided to go on the journey um to do just that um as a career but about six years ago um I started with Fox Sports 1340 a.m and uh, started coverage of uh, the Wizards and the Cowboys and obviously the Washington football team, Mystics, you know, the Nationals, you know, those home teams here in D.C. Um, and ever since then, I've just been moving forward ever since then. And it, it's so amazing because 
nine times out of ten, when you know when people get started in the industry, it, it, it comes from their childhood. It comes from the mm-hmm. family, and and it's so amazing because one of the things that I think it's important is, is that you know having women like it, it feels taboo in a way when like women talking in you know about sports and debating sports and coming from someone who you know who who, who loves hearing women talk about sports it, it, it's an amazing journey to to the path you know of where you are and and so speaking and let's talk about one of those teams that you do mention and cover and that's the Dallas Cowboys yes now they're, they're nine and four Yes, they're they're pretty much on top. I, I think I don't like to call divisions, you know, but it, it kind of feels like I don't want to say lights out for, for the division, but I guess so. My question would be: It's a two-parter. Now, your thoughts on the season thus far, and how far can this team go? Is it is it would it be legitimate to say that this team has Super Bowl aspirations, and should they? Well. This year has been a roller coaster already, in my opinion. Um, I think initially coming in, nobody expected them to be as good as they've as they've been, primarily on the defensive side of the ball. I think everybody knew that offensively that they would be good, you know, because they have such such great talent on the offensive side and you know, good talent on the defensive side as well. But we saw the way the defense looked last year with Mike Nolan as the defensive coordinator. You have Dan Quinn coming in, um, who has some questionable stints as head coach and with the defensive mind in Atlanta. So, you know, folks were, that was already emotional. That was already a roller coaster enough right there, the offseason. We haven't even started talking about when week one hit. Um, And then week one comes and, you know, we win that close game against Tom Brady and the defending champions, the Bucs. And, you know, that's, that was a moral victory. You think that, okay, we're not going to be that bad. And then they go on this like six game winning streak. And then we start to topple a bit. Um, injuries, COVID stuff, uh, filling yourself a little bit too much, maybe. Um, that's kind of what happened. So, you know, to be at a high and then at a low, I mean, I'm I'm a Cowboys fan, so it's really not something new for me. This is just me giving it to probably how folks on the outside have seen. It's been a roller coaster. And so um, to answer the second part of the question, um, it's so hard to answer that question as as a Dallas fan because, listen, you really don't understand, like, we don't, People contrary to popular belief, we don't like to get our feeling like our hopes up high because Dallas has disappointed year after year after year. Like when we feel like there's something happening, we cheer, we're excited. We may talk a little trash um, because we we just want it so bad. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't really like to say, hey, can they make a push? aspirations absolutely they should definitely have deep playoff aspirations nfc championship super bowl aspirations um me personally i feel like that after seeing the defense on sunday now i understand it was against a taylor heineke you know risk and squad but after seeing the defense and after seeing me believing that dan quinn i i love his in-game adjustments all year 
me believing that Dan Quinn can do something special with his defense now that everybody is healthy. Defense win championships, man. So I kind of just a little bit feel like that we could be knocking on the door of an NFC championship. But there's some things that have to, we'll get into it, I'm sure, but there are some things that has to happen before I can like be solid on like on that on that stance. I can't, I can't, I'm not solid. I can't. I ain't solid yet. <laughs> and, and, you know, and and the thing is, is like Dan Quinn, you know, listen, because as a Falcons fan, he coached the Falcons. And right. what, what I always what will say about Dan Quinn is, is that some people are better coordinators than head coaches because it's, right. it's, it's, a, it's, it's a totally different ball game for running being responsible for one side of the ball to essentially be responsible for everything else. All right. And, and like people tend to forget like Dan, they took the Falcon. He took the Falcons to the Super Bowl, which, you know, we're not going to go in that whole 28 to three thing, but you know, he did do a good job. It was just toward the end, you know, a lot of close losses. And then he goes to Dallas and, and to your point, the, the whole, the whole Mike Nolan experience, as I like to call it, and people understand they, these are pretty much the same players, and Correct. and to me it just feels as though it was just a matter of strategy. It, it, it felt as though you know Mike Nolan was having these guys like Demarcus Lawrence never stood up in his life. Now you're asking this guy to stand up on the line. He's never done that. He's always played in a scheme that's akin to what you're seeing in Dan Quinn. And and the more I watch this defense, I go this defense is that good. And, and mind you there, you know, people argue when they played the Raiders and they gave up the points, but you know, every defense is not going to be the 85 bears defense. Correct. So, so, so I guess my, my lead in question, my follow-up question to what we just talked about is what do you need to see as a fan and to, to, to be completely sold on the idea that, Hey, we can play in January, but we could also play in that big game in February. So what are a few things that you've observed this season that you feel can take it from we can contend in the playoffs to possibly being there at SoFi in February? I think as a fan, there's a couple of things. One of the first things that I would like to see, um, which I'm not going to be able to see based on the schedule, is I want to see us, I wish we had a way of playing back-to-back-to-back games of top contender-type teams. I mean, we have Arizona coming up in two weeks, but outside of that, the rest are division games, and they're not top top contenders. So um, there's no way of really gauging it, unfortunately, until the first round of the playoffs, right? Um we didn't play Kansas City well. We played Tampa well. That was the first game. Fine. Um, I need to see – I need us to play some competition. You know, when when that game got to, you know, uh, Dallas only being up seven on uh, Washington on Sunday, you know, I, I embraced the adversity. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't want us to blow out teams that we're supposed to, like, beat in a sense. Like, you beat them in convincing fashion, but I like adversity because Tampa's not going to lay down. Green Bay is not going to lay down. Arizona's not laying down. The Rams aren't laying down. Like these teams 
aren't going to lay down like the teams that we have beat because we were supposed to beat them. Um, that's something that I wish that I could see. I'm, I'm not going to see it before the season is out. So I can kind of just forget that. Um, I want the mentality to change. It doesn't matter who you play. Um, you play with 110% effort. You never go into a game like you just got it under wraps. And that's where they slip with that Broncos matchup. And uh, what, was the, uh, what was the team we slipped on? The Raiders. I feel like we slipped with the Raiders. Those were like trap games for some unapparent reason. Those were trap games to Dallas. And I'm like, you guys have not arrived. We have not won a championship in over 20 plus years. You haven't arrived. Every week should be 1-0. and You're not 9-3. and You're not, not at none of that. You're 1-0. You're 1-0. Um, so I would like the mentality to change. Um, I hate how many, I mean, the defense is good as, as much as we're harping on how great the defense is. And again, Washington was not that type of test, but we've seen teams previously where they eat us up in yards after the catch. We don't tackle well. That irritates me. I would like to see a better job at tackling. And obviously I would like to see both sides of the ball clicking at the same time. That's never been the case with Dallas. It's either our offense is incredibly amazing, but then our defense is bad. Or like the last couple of weeks, the defense has been incredible, but the offense is so out of sync. Um, that's what I would like. And I don't know if I can have it both ways. I can't remember the last team that played at an incredibly high level outside of maybe Tom Brady's Patriots where they had an incredible offense and then the defense was stout as well. And, you know, the Seahawk days, incredible offense, defense was stout. Um, you can't even say that for the Chiefs because they've had an incredible offense, but the defense has always been suspect. I want that. That is going to convince me that not only are you going to do what you're supposed to do in the playoffs, possibly make a trip to SoFi, but just it'll give me some type of blueprint going forward you know what I mean? Like how we're going to compete in the years to come. So that's, that's just, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. I wish I could go into the locker room and say, look, I mean, for real, for real, I know that this is this, this, I have much more, but I know we ain't got that kind of time, but I can, I got a whole notebook of things that we can do um, that would convince me because they got a long way to go. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not impressed by nine and four especially with the way that we became nine and four. I'm not impressed. Yeah, and, and listen, that means we got to have you back on again. That, that's what that means. <laughs> and, and, and to your point, and I think you made a point that I think is very important. It's about having both sides being synchronized. Correct. Because so many times, and I think the Chiefs are the perfect example Correct. And, and this and what people understand about the Chiefs before we go to the Cowboys is that the whole defensive collapse thing that just didn't happen this season. It got covered up because of how great the offense was. You didn't care that, you know, a lot of those, you know, 47, 43 shootout games like oh, oh, the offense did great, but you never talked about the defense. It, it never got on the same page. And, and I feel with Dallas. It kind of feels what, you know, me watching the game, I said to myself, I said, if they can put together one or two games of just complete football, I think people will look at them and go, well, they can contend. 
But the problem is, and, and to your point, and you hit the nail on the head, it's that they just haven't been on the same page. It, to me, the Raiders game is a great example. The Chiefs game is a great example of where it just feels like imagine if both sides just clicked. And, and with Denver, like th- I would say three of their four losses, you know, essentially it was just that one side of the ball just decided not to show up to the stadium that day. That's a great point. That's a great point. I don't like especially – I, 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 I don't, so Tom Brady is my guy, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge Dallas fan, but Tom Brady has been my favorite player since he stepped on the field, honestly. I just love his story. He's the GOAT. I'm associated with Tom Brady as well. Like, that's my guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, because I didn't, because when he was in New England, I didn't have to often worry about him playing Dallas. That was only mm-hmm. an every four year kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of, of course we open up with that, with Tampa as the first game and because Tom Brady is so great and maybe this is just wrong. Um, I don't get as upset when Dallas lose to the likes of like a Tom Brady or even to the likes of like the chiefs. But it pisses me off when there's a possibility like those kind of games. I would prefer those teams just blow us out because when there are when there's a difference of one or two mistakes that we made where we could have won the game. It had nothing to do with the other team really just being that much better. It was execution on our end. Like you're saying to your point. Oh, that drives me insane. That drives me insane. Tampa was when every game was winnable. Every game we lost was winnable, specifically against the two teams that just played in last year's Super Bowl. Winnable games. We could have beat Tampa. Kansas City just let us hang around. We caught them in the in the time where they weren't clicking, where they weren't – we had them at the perfect time, and we could not capitalize because, like you said, um, likely, if I can recall, it was probably the offense that just wasn't clicking that day. Um, I don't think that they scored any more than like 20 points. So the defense held them in check. The offense couldn't put up points. And um, that just drives me nuts. That just drives me. And say, we just get beat straight out because the team is just better. That's different. But when we got the opportunity, those are the heartbreakers that they talk about. Yeah. You know, and you're absolutely right. Because as a fan, I tell people, listen, as a Falcons fan, I, I guess that's why 28-3 to three really sticks to me. Oof. It stuck to me, and it's like we were in a position. We had arguably the greatest quarterback of any generation. Had him on the ropes. Arguably the greatest, probably one of the greatest dynasties we've ever seen. We had him. Yeah. And what happened was, and this is just theory, this is conjecture, I have no data, you know, there's little data to to validate, but we took the foot off the gas because we went in and we said, oh, 20 to three, it's great. And that's where I said the mentality kind of happened. And then to me, as much as I love, you know, like Dan Quinn now, I'm like, he's great. But I felt that as the coach, and, and this kind of ties, go back to your point to talk about Mike McCarthy. To your point, I think if you're like a Mike McCarthy or a Dan Quinn, whatever the scenario is, you have to tell your team, look, I don't care if we're playing Tampa or if we're playing the Detroit Lions. Correct. 
you have to put, and, and to your point, you said 110%. There's no, well, well, it's Detroit. So we yep. can go out and maybe yep. put uh, 90. You can't, you, you're not even, you're not even entitled to that because you haven't won a championship. Correct. And yep. you're not the type of team that can go in there and turn it on when you want to. You're not a, a, a Green Bay with the likes of Aaron Rodgers who can strike quick. You're not Tom Brady in Tampa. You're not Patrick Mahomes. There's no way or no reason Dallas should even ever Ever, ever, ever. I don't care if you play in the peewee squad that's practice at the star. You don't go into a game seemingly thinking that you've got it won because you're the Dallas Cowboys. That just drives me nuts. It really does drive me insane. Yeah. You know, and, and as a fan, it, it does. And then every fan should feel that way because it's amazing to me that, you know, when I look on Twitter, look at social media, and it's like, it's like, oh, like you you can't settle because if we're talking about a team and, and I feel that Dallas gets the flack because I look at the Dallas Cowboys in the same capacity as I kind of look at really quick, Ladarius, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm not sure why you can't see me anymore, but I'm here. I'm listening. Let's go. And, and it's one of the things where when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, they're kind of in the same realm is like the Yankees like they're just hated to be hated and, and it's easy to 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 pile on it's it's super easy to pile on it's, it's easy to pile on Dallas but I I guess the takeaway from when I watch him plays is that like nine like I look at and you mentioned Green Bay I'll go back to Green Bay yeah you mentioned you mentioned Green Bay yeah. and I remember people saying after they lost to, to the Saints, I believe week one, oh, boy, this Packers team is not going to do anything. And, and to me, it's amazing because you underestimate number 12, the other number 12, Aaron Rodgers. And it seems after that game, Green Bay just picked it up. They went on, they went on this run. They went into Arizona and beat then the number one seed in the NFC. Now, now Green Bay is you know, the number one seed. They went on the road and won because Green Bay understood we cannot take our foot off the gas. Even like, even like look Sunday night when they play the bears, the bears, nobody told the bears they were double, double digit underdogs. Nobody told them that like they were supposed to roll over, supposed to be 35 to three, 42 to seven, whatever. And I said, Green Bay at the end, they kept putting the foot on the gas. And I think for the Dallas Cowboys, to me, it's about Mike McCarthy. It's mm, about great point. It's about Mike McCarthy. You have to tell this team, hey, listen. Let's as I alluded to earlier, three of the four losses, Dallas, just as much as Dallas could be nine and four, Dallas, I could make a point, could be twelve and one, and you know, Very twelve true. and one, eleven and two, and people are like, oh, well, there's what's your point? It's like teams have to understand. It's like. You gotta you gotta learn to keep the foot on the gas until you see triple digits, you know, until you do triple zeros on the clock. The in the Super Bowl. Correct. <laughs> until correct. you see triple digits on the clock in the Super Bowl. That's how you keep your foot on the gas until then, in my opinion, hilarious. I'm not taking the don't take it off at all. Don't take it off at all. That's my that's my opinion. Yeah, and, and, and you're absolutely right. Because it's amazing to me that 
some teams and you see it more so in the NFL. Like I think the NBA is kind of a close second to that is where even though you're, you can't look at the records. I, I, I always tell this to people is that, yeah, like, look, look at the, like I go back to Sunday night, look at the bears. The bears were double digit underdogs for a reason. And nobody saw them taking the lead in that game against green Bay. And they hung around until Green Bay said, well, wait a minute, these are the Bears. And they put the foot on the gas. And then all of a sudden, we all know what happened at the end. And it's amazing to me. And then with this question here, I'll ask, is is that I saw saw a story somewhere about with Ryan Clark, uh, ESPN. And he said that essentially, I don't want to direct quote him, but essentially he was saying that Dak Prescott, was the Achilles heel for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm curious to get your thoughts. I have my thoughts, but I'm curious to get sure. your thoughts on, is Dak Prescott really holding back Dallas from taking that next step, or is it, or is it a, a, a bigger picture type situation? Right now, you would have to say, not holding them back, but he's definitely the reason why in this moment that they're not at their full potential. And there's a couple of reasons, in my opinion, for that. I think he rushed back too fast after the calf injury. I think he could have went that, that Falcons game and not played. I think we could have put Cooper in. We were in a good spot record-wise where we could have afforded. Cooper had just won the game for us prior where we could have afforded to sit him again just to make sure everything was copacetic. I don't know if, you know, that ankle injury with Dak and then the calf injury is the most he's obviously ever been injured in his career. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's kind of like messing with him a little bit, not the ankle bothering him or anything like that, but then you kind of followed up with another injury that kept you out for like two games um, this year. Uh, you know how it is in the NFL, kind of like once you get injured once, it just kind of keep coming a little mm-hmm. bit. It could be a psychological thing or whatever. Um, I think that this is, I hope that this won't happen, but we've never seen Russell Wilson miss any play, any, any games he started up until he hurt his finger. Um, we will likely... I would hope that it, but I'm just saying the way that it seems, you know, we probably he'll probably miss another starting game at some point. I don't care if it's just something as low as is is as unserious as like maybe his back might hurt or something like that. I don't know if that is is throwing him off. That could be one of the things that's throwing him off because he's indecisive in the game. That I think that's the biggest thing with that is that and and that was the issue a couple of seasons ago. You have to be more decisive. There were times in the game where you needed to throw it sooner. You know this. You know you got to get it out there sooner. Don't throw it in that tight window. You know this, and you did it anyway. When you see the field open and there's Ezekiel Elliott right there blocking for you, run up the field. Use your legs. It's just he seems indecisive. And Ryan, um, Ryan, Clark's and, uh, Ryan Clark actually was, I think he's on with like Rex Ryan. On, I think they were on Get Up. Mm-hmm. And Rex used a really good word, which was tight. He's playing tight. 
That's the perfect definition. He's playing tight and there's no reason to go out there and ball out. Have fun. Just go out there and have fun. It shouldn't, it's not, it, go out there and have fun. Like, I don't know if he's like mentally taken to say he is certainly in a slump. The man is sitting at a 45.9 QBR. He's in a slump. So Mike McCarthy said he wasn't in a slump, but then Jerry Jones said he was. Somebody lying. Uh, <laughs> let's pick a side and stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, things should align when the owner say one thing, the coach should, it's, it's obvious. And I understand you might not, but th- I mean, maybe not want to give that, that vibe off the deck as his head coach, but Hey, like, what's up? What's, what's going on? Because there's an, we can see it. I, I don't want to say holding them back. That, that is just, uh, that makes it seem like that he'll ultimately, or right now he, I can't explain it. I just don't like the word holding them back because in the midst of all of this they are still winning mm-hmm. albeit it's the defense but they're still winning he's still making decent plays he ran for the first down on the last play there in Washington which was able to have us keep the ball and, and run the clock out mm-hmm. I don't know what it is I, I really don't know what it is with Dak I, I think that it's probably more mentally than anything and then that mental may be affecting his physical capabilities yeah and you know to your point and like i i didn't necessarily like the the turn of phrase either i i think when i look at dak one of the things with dak is that i think sometimes i always use this analogy is is that when we had the wheel the wheel was invented the wheel served one purpose still has served the same purpose all these years. Don't try to reinvent it. Like, don't try to, like, you can pimp it out. You can do whatever you want to the wheel, but don't change the functionality of the wheel. Yeah. And and going back to deck, what's amazing to me is, is that when I look at Mike McCarthy, who coached Aaron Rodgers, who plays fast and lo- plays loose, I think if you're Mike McCarthy, if you're Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, just tell Dak, hey, buddy, you got C.D. Lamb here. You got Amari Cooper there. Heck, you got you got Dalton Schultz. He's emerging. You got talent on this team. Just don't, don't overthink it. Because don't try to reinvent that wheel. Yep. Try to make the wheel something that it's not. Because what happens is that then you take away all functionality of the wheel. Yeah. And if, and if you're Dak, like, don't reinvent this. It's like, hey, go out there and play it, you know, play loose. Because over the last five games, six touchdowns, five interceptions, that's not who you are. And we know oh. that's not who you are. Yep. And and I would not, and I think Rex, that, that word was perfect. He's playing in a box. And when you start playing in a box, you're going to make mistakes. And, and and what I've always said is that the quarterback is a neck up position. I've always said it's, a, it's just as much a neck down, but it's more so neck up. And to me with Dak, if Dak just gets in his mind and figures out, hey, you go out there and understand the weapons. Like when was the last time he had all these weapons out on the field at the very same time, whether it was COVID or injury, somehow or another, they were never all on the field at the same time mm-hmm. and, and and i just feel that you know i think i i'm not saying dak is holding them back but i feel if dak just figures it out and understands because my big my biggest issue with dak was and this was probably more so on the play calling 
Dak has no business in the world throwing the ball 50 times a game. Doesn't make sense. It never made sense to me because I, because I, I said on a podcast, I think I said it last year, you know, is that Dak is better if you give Dak 30, 35 attempts. That's cap because you have Zeke and now Tony Pollard's emerging. Yep. Lean on that run game, lean on that offensive yep. line. Because yep. what happens is when you put, it's like a pitcher. It's like if that pitcher, you know, some pitchers are workhorses, they can go out there for 115 pitches and be great. Some can't. And then they'll fall apart. You know, Dak's the type of guy, just minimize what he does, but maximize what you can in the minute, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Is, is maximize the minimal aspects of it. Like, look, big plays, get a 40 yard route to to cd get that deep ball to amari cooper like hey you like i say dalton schultz i feel that if dak if we get the deck that i know there's potential in there for dak I, I do believe offensively they're fine they're the second best offensive football like they're they're fine but to your point it's hard to say whether dak is the problem but what i will say is that dak has to and like i said it has to be mike mccarthy Kellen Moore and Dak in the same room and try to figure out, hey, just tell, just tell him. Yep. Dak, just, 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 just show the list of the roster. That's yep. it. This is what you're throwing to every Sunday. And there's um, really no reason to be out of sync. These are guys that you've been playing with for years. This correct. isn't. Yeah. So out of, you know, we're a little out of sync. Well, why are we out of sync? Um, I, I could, I could, let me tell you something. I don't know if you saw my tweets. We're not going to act like that Kellen Moore is exempt from this either. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like some of the play calling I'm seeing either. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, scrap the damn lateral passes from the playbook, Kellen Moore. I'm <laughs> sick of lateral passes and I'm sick of wide receiver screens. I'm sick of them. They do not work. I don't know if somebody needs to get Kellen Moore in a room sit down with him with an iPad and show him statistically that this does not work for our, our team. So he can, st- those are such wasted plays. My gosh, there are wasted plays. There are so many plays. And even, even if he, I, I, I can't imagine why he would be hesitant to throw to any of his receivers or to the, any of the tight ends or even get Zeke out of the backfield and throw it to him, you know, for a short game. Use your legs, bro. That's cool too. Yeah. And that's a whole nother dimension of the offense that people that that's just so underrated. You can run the ball. That's gonna put pressure on the defense. Yeah, Josh Allen, he can he he got a cannon. He mm-hmm. can throw it, but Josh gonna use his legs too. And you almost forget that about Josh Allen. And that is where you unlock the other dimension of the offense because now we're really a problem because I can throw the ball. I got great receivers. We have a decent running game. The Bills are kind of in a bad place right now. That's This is a bad example, really. But I'm just talking about the the, the ability of Josh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is This is the same thing that, that Dak can do. When you ain't feeling it, you feeling funky, run, run. Use your legs. Use your legs. You ain't feeling something downfield. And that's what that's what he's been doing is he something ain't developing downfield and he'll force the issue. Or mm-hmm. something ain't developing downfield, he'll take too long. And next thing you know, he's being brought down. I mean, the offensive line is great and all, but 
Tyron Smith can't stay on the field. So your blind spot is constantly in danger with Terrence Steele there, which is horrible. He gets on my nerves. He needs to go. Um, you you got to start taking matters into your own hands. And if that means running the ball because you don't see it, run. Because you're capable of running. You can do it. So like you said, it's just a matter of, I think, of Mike McCarthy and, Ke- and Kellen Moore sitting him down and saying, look, this is what you got. And if you feel nervous about what you got on a certain player in that moment, you got two things right here that ain't failed you yet. And those are your legs. So yeah, let's, we need to get it together. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know what? That's you, you hit every nail on the head because I just feel, and that's why I talked about Kellen Moore because it, it kind of feels like, cause like it, it does kind of go on Kellen Moore and it's, yeah. and it's, and it's not a people's like it's, I've always said it's easy to blame the quarterback. It's super easy. I can do it. You can, anybody can do it. But I say, well, well, the quarterback is doing whoever's calling the plays, and that's Kellen Moore. And Kellen, there's no reason in the world. Well, why, wait a minute. Wait a minute, really quick, Ladarius. To be fair, mm-hmm. there's been a couple of games where Kellen will say this many run plays and then Dak will get up there and change it. True. Okay. Which could also be because he may, I would hope that Dak is not listening to the media. I would hope that he is just doing his thing. But you remember early on this year, people were talking about he's Peyton managed ish as far as getting up there and changing plays and, you know, complimenting Kellen Moore with the play calling and then a good look. He's an offensive coordinator for a reason. Now, I know you're going to get up there and read the defense and decide, but Dak does a lot of the play change. And a lot of the times, it's not now, recently. I mean, it was it was cool in, earlier in the season. But now that there are films on us and what we're running and how we're doing it and folks is hurt and, you know, things like that, I mean, that's that's that also is a part of it. So you do have to kind of sometimes, like you said, what did your offensive coordinator say? Sometimes you got to roll with that. Don't be trying to be Peyton Man in every damn play and kill, kill and changing up the plays. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah. So I agree. I agree with that. That yeah. point. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it, as much as like, it's just it, to me, when I look at this offense, I just go, if, if you're Kellen Moore and you're Dak, you have to get on the same page because yeah. I, I feel that, I do agree to an extent that I do believe Dak looks at the media and you'd be Peyton Manning. You know, the reason why Peyton Manning could do what he could do is because he was Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning can go up there and go Omaha and kill plays. He could do that. And I tell people, like, I tell people to this day, you couldn't name any offensive coordinator Peyton Manning's ever had because he, in a way, was the offensive coordinator. Someone, right. got, a, someone got a nice check to yeah. be there and just coordinate the offense like – Peyton, we're going to have this formation, but Peyton was out there every Sunday, every Monday, coordinating. And I think Dak has to get that out of his head. Like, hey, Peyton Manning's a great player, but Dak, you're a great player too. You have something that Peyton never had. You have mobility. And that's not picking at Peyton Manning. He's a, he's, right. he, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's got a gold That's jack. right. That's right. But utilize the talent that you have. Don't try to be what the media or anybody else wants you to be. Yeah. Because what happens is, is that when you let that happen, 
it I you you get that mental aspect and you go, oh man, I have to. No, you don't. Like, be yourself. Like I, I say all the time, just be yourself. When you be yourself, that takes literally 80% of your troubles away. Be yourself. Thanks. Be be the person that got you to where the point and and to the point with Keller Moore. Keller Moore, you know, there has to be trust there. It has to be trusting like, hey, Dak, I can call the plays. And if you see something, that's great. Yeah. But, but like, don't don't be on a third and one trying to make a play. Uh, no, don't, don't, no. no. If, if I'm calling the sweep, I don't want to see, uh. I don't, I, I don't want to see you going and you name the play and like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why, <laughs> why, why are we throwing a deep slant? When right, they, right. <laughs> What, what are you doing? <laughs> like that. Right, right, right. Like, and 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 you know, that's a that's a great point. Um, we saw it with the Ravens twice this year. We saw their coach. Uh, that's 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 Jim. Does that John? Uh, John, oh, John, Harbaugh. John Harbaugh. Yeah, that's John. We saw the big, one of the, one of the first games of the season. We saw John say, "Lamar, you want to go for it?" Yeah, and gave him the reins, and he, you know, they ended up doing what they needed to do on that drive. We saw him do it again. And that time, it did not work. Um, do you want to go for it? Do your thing. And, you know, he allowed Lamar to call it. And, and so, I mean, I, I kind of, you know, again, like you said, they're, they're offensive coordinators. They're for a reason. Look, just, 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 he got to be smarter. And he, we really did come into the season he just looked so different. He looked like, I mean, he looked like somebody that sat around all year and just studied film. That whole year he was out, outside of obviously exercising and there, you know, doing therapy and um, rehabilitating the, the, the ankle. Outside of that, he just seemed like somebody that just sat in front of film. All that, mm-hmm. I could not believe how incredible he was playing. And like I said, I, I don't know what has shifted mentally, but he got three weeks to get it together. Oh, I'm go, I'm going to Dallas and I'm going to have some words with some folks. Okay. Because this is you, you were supposed to, this is the wrong time. It's backwards. This is what I mean with Dallas. Y'all supposed to, this stuff, we're supposed to have an identity. We're supposed to, all of this stuff is supposed to already be in motion as far as us clicking it, that we are in week, we're going into week 15. What do you mean that there we're off? What do you mean that there's no cohesiveness? What do you mean that there's there's an issue in week 15? No, yeah. no, nah, man, nah, man. This is the worst time for that to be happening, man. <laughs> I hate it. It's, and until you pull it before before we wrap up, and we I apologize to Wizards fans. We'll get to you next time. We we have, <laughs> but you know, before we wrap, I think you know when when you mentioned that. It's amazing to me because here's the thing: you're absolutely right. That's week seven stuff. This, yeah. like yeah. this, this is week. Like we literally have four games left. Yeah. And 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 if you're not, if if somebody's on chapter three, and some people are on chapter eleven, something's wrong. Oh. Some like, and we're all and we all have the same book. There's a problem, and and that's the difference between. And I and I always make this point. When look at the when I look at the Packers, when they lost, and I mentioned it earlier, when they lost to the Saints, and everyone was just going on Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Yep. 
I said, because what you're essentially Aaron Rodgers, and guess what? They're they're right now at the season ending today, they'd be the one seed. And then mm-hmm. and I said, mm-hmm. and yeah. I said, why? Because it's just like Tom Brady, great quarterbacks. What separates great quarterbacks from elite quarterbacks mm. is is two things. It's the mentality. Mm-hmm. It, it's the mentality. Tom Brady, and I, I, when I talk about when Tom Brady, when they beat Green Bay in the NFC Championship game last year to get to the Super Bowl, he was like, why are you all celebrating? We, we, we have a game. We have one more game. He didn't get the- in, the words, in the words of the late, great Kobe Bryant, job's not done. Yeah. Job is, job's not finished. Those yeah. are what, like your like to your point that that's what those are that's what separates greats right there. You are so right about that. It, it, it's amazing to me that people understand this. That don't be don't put people in elite categories because some yeah. people. I've always said the quarterback, and I and I said it once in the episode, and I'll say it again. It's a neck up job. Anybody yeah. can look like a quarterback. John Elway looked like a quarterback, and he was a quarterback. He was this big six, seven. He was just big. But he had the the upper – he had the mental aspect of, to play and win. Some people and, – and then on the other end of the coin, Brock Osweiler. So mm. there you go. Same south. Like, mm. he's going to be the next, and it's like, well, you hate to see it. You- and, it's, <laughs> and, and it's like – it's like when I look at Brady, when I look at Rodgers, I look at Russell Wilson, I look at these greats. It's, it's a separation. It's that we have to get there. The job is not done. Hey, it's great. We won a champion. It's, it's great. We won a conference championship. But we have to get to that next level. And I think what Tom Brady does, and I'll say this before we wrap up, what I say about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and these guys is that I said mental was the first one. The second part is understanding this is, is focus because it's amazing to me. I look at Tom Brady. And I see a Tom Brady press conference. It's always something he talks about. He jokes and has fun. And you can do that when you win seven Super Bowls. You can do that sort of stuff. Yeah. But when he's up there, it's always saying we're trying to get something to the effect that where he's not, he's he's not settling. Mm-hmm. And I said, and I say what separates is that like Tom Brady not just brought a his talent, he brought a mentality to Tampa. Mm-hmm. He brought a mentality. To me, Tom Brady is equal to, I would say, kind of LeBron only in this respect. They can attract talent to them. They can, I mean, Gronk was retired. Gronk would have been happy partying on the bus. He would have been fine doing party bus stuff the whole, whole career, working at MTV, whatever he wanted to do. He got Gronk out of it. He, he said, hey, I want Gronk. They got Gronk. You know, he 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 was somehow able. He did look at it in New England. He had yeah. Randy Moss. Yeah. People had wrote Randy Moss off like, okay, this guy's trash. Yeah. Randy Moss had the best year of his career, Hall oh, of dude. Fame career. Yeah. Tom Brady. Tom Brady has made receive him and Peyton Manning has made receivers so much money. <laughs> Pay for kids' education. I mean, all that money he made Antonio Brown last year and Tom Brady. I mean, you are so right. It, it, and, it, and you know what? Oh, my goodness. 
That is so funny that you're saying that, that we're even talking about that because literally maybe yesterday or either Sunday, I was literally thinking to myself, I know you said we're going to rap. Oh no, good. Take all the time you need. Go ahead. But, but literally I, I was thinking to myself, he's, he's forcing the issue so much. I'm wondering if, were you trying to get your receivers paid? Because I know that there are, there, there, there are things in contract. You know what I'm saying? Like, is, is this why you're forcing the issue? You know, if, you know, we're nearing the end of the season. So if this player gets this many in a season or, the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was literally thinking that myself the other day. Like, is that why Dak is forcing the issue here? Because you are just, now I'm not going to lie, some of those passes are on the money. But just knowing my quarterback and how he is in general, um, or just because I've, you know, seen him up close and personal for the last five years, mm-hmm. um, 50% of those balls is luck. Yeah. 50% of those balls are luck. Mm-hmm. You're squeezing them in those tight windows. You're doing ABC. You know, those balls, thankfully, you got Michael Gallup who can toe tap on the sideline because outside of that, they would go or they would sail over him. They'd be out of bounds. You know what I'm saying? He still shows crazy flashes of inaccuracy, which was the issue that we had with him the first couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, a lot of the balls he throw where it, it they do be on the money, but a lot of them have boys be like, oh, Dak, you do you threw into triple coverage, my man. Oh, yeah. that was lucky. Oh, you threw in the middle between two defenders, lucky. You lucky, mm-hmm. but why are you doing it? Why are you taking such risky plays? You yeah. know what I'm saying? When there's a check down available, or you can use your legs, or you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I literally thought that I was like, maybe you're trying to get the receivers paid. Yeah, it, it, I can't it, think of nothing else. I can't think of any other way how it's just a, a complete flip from how great you were you were for the first seven or eight games of the season, and now we are just having a whole different conversation. I would have never imagined it. I mean, I say that he had a chance at MVP and then comeback player of the year, like mm-hmm. simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I ain't saying neither one at this point. Right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. It, it is. It, and sometimes... And it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It goes back to pay, you know, it goes back to the mentality, Dak, listen to the media, trying to be something he's not. Mm. It's like Peyton Manning was paid and Tom Brady is Tom Brady. And I think when I look at a Dak Prescott and I go, I'm like, look, your guys are going to get paid as long as you don't try to reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Don't force it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Because this offense is constructed for you when you have two good running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield. They can go out in the flat. Yeah. If, oh, oh, they got CD. They got a safety dragging down on, on CD. Oh, they got, a, they got a linebacker in the corner out there on Amari Cooper. So guess what? You, you can check down because yeah. I'd rather have a five-yard play than a 20-yard interception. Like, hey. yeah, because people are like, oh, you got to some quarterbacks aren't built. Brett Favre could do that. A lot of quarterbacks can go in there and force the issue. But listen, Brett Favre do we leads- really want to be a Brett Favre? Right. Exactly. Okay. Nobody, nobody. I mean, like, I don't I mean, he's the he's the leading like like league ever, like in interceptions, yeah. I think. So it, do we really want to be as great as Brett was? Do we really want to exactly. have the Brett mentality? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and it applies to every aspect of Brett. Like, do you really, like, think about that, folks. Just yep. just, just let that marinate, like you marinate a good 
like some ribs let that yeah. marinate but like <laughs> do you really want to be like listen Brett Favre, no or do, or do you want to be a guy who just like paid manning paid manning made mistakes great quarterbacks make mistakes but elite quarterbacks mm. elite quarterbacks mm. go in that room and they hold themselves accountable and they, and i think dak personality wise i think is a great leader he's a great leader on the field it's just a matter of you don't have to try to reinvent that wheel don't you don't have to just be who you are use those legs use them like don't let this this is the thing about lamar jackson that's it before we wrap up with lamar jackson what did everybody say about lamar jackson oh it was the opposite oh he's a running back so what did Lamar do? Okay. He stood in the pocket. Oh, he could throw two? Yeah, because he was drafted as a quarterback. Oh, oh, you guys remember that whole draft thing that happened? Like, you know, the Baltimore traded up for him to be, you don't trade into the first round to get a running back. You get a franchise quarterback. So I said the knock on Dak was, well, can he win the – and, like, Dak – the biggest enemy of Dak Prescott is Dak Prescott. Like mm. – I'll, I'll forever say that because personally, I'm like, that's fair. Do you paying? I have no problem for anybody getting their money. Let's be clear. No, like it may be Jacksonville, Urban Meyer, maybe that money, I don't know that. <laughs> but, but I don't mind Dak getting paid because he's, I don't mind it. What, where the issue comes with me is, is that at some point, Dak, you're the quarterback of the most recognizable team, maybe not just in the NFL. In all the sports, and yes. you're the quarterback of that team. Yeah. So you have to be able to stand in front of that media. It used to be, oh well, I gotta do it for 17 weeks. And then you gotta do it another week. Yep. So 18 times of the season, you gotta stand in front of that podium, and you gotta tell, and they, you, they're gonna throw questions at you, and you gotta be able to stand back there and handle it, just like a quarterback. Yeah. You get, you gotta take it, and at some yep. point, I believe, like I say, Dak's worst enemy is Dak Prescott. And yeah. I don't necessarily think he's the reason why, but when you look at nine and four, there's a reason why they're nine and four. Like, let's not mitigate their record. Yeah. But, but if we play the what if game, maybe 12 and one, maybe 11 and two, maybe two. like, you know, it, it, it feels like the division would have been called and you could maybe sit Dak if, if, cause like I say, if he's, the, you know, if he's hurt or whatever, the, you can sit him. Because, you know, uh, it, I guess the, the overriding takeaway is what we wrap is, is that Dak Prescott to me has to learn. This goes for all quarterbacks. Be yourself. You were not drafted. People say you're the next this and you're the next that. Be yourself. Because it's amazing what happens because no one gave Tom Brady a chance to be in the world to win seven Super Bowls. Why? Because he was himself. And he, it, to this day, this man is 44 years. He's a grown man and can still tell you the names of the six quarterbacks taken ahead of him. He can still, and that draft was t- 22 years ago. Why? Because he's always playing with that chip. Dak has to play. Like people say, you can't reinvent it. Yeah. Listen, they doubted Dak. Like Dak, do use that fuel. Tom Brady's been doing it for 22 years. And he's going to take that same fuel, seven Super Bowls. He's going to can. I agree. But Dak, take the mentality part of the game. Don't try to be the. Don't try to be like Tom Brady. Don't try to stand in that pocket. 
you got legs. You're, you're Willie Beeman. You got legs. <laughs> use them. Yep. Don't try to be – I tell it to any quarterback. You got legs, use them. Use them. Don't be like, oh, I want to be a pocket guy. Stop it. That's not who you are. Stop it. Yep. <laughs> like, stop, like, stop trying to be something you're not because guess yeah. what? You're hurting yourself and you're hurting your team. Like, oh, sorry, coach. I was told to stand up. Like, no. Like John Harbaugh said, listen, hey, what do you want to do, Lamar? Go do it. Do, do it. You know, it, it's, it's a laissez-faire hands-off. Just do it. But I agree. Before, I agree the, <laughs> before the show runs to midnight, once again, <laughs> before we head out, uh, tell, all, tell all of the uh, viewers and listeners where they can find you and all your amazing work. Thanks for having me. This was an incredible show. You know, I love, I could talk Dallas all night, but again, like you said, we don't have all night. Um, So yes, uh, you guys can find me and my takes and my Dallas talk on Twitter and on Instagram at Ashley Baker underscore 21. Um, On Facebook, you can find me um, at Ashley Baker. And also you can uh, check my podcast about nothing but sports out on Apple, Google, um, Spotify, wherever Anchor, wherever podcasts um, are housed is where you would find my podcast. And again, that's called About Nothing But Sports. So, yes. And once again, folks, check out the podcast. Her podcast is fantastic. Thank you. And, and before we wrap up here, just once again, you can check out this episode and every episode of the Sports in the World podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever. You get your podcast. Follow me on social at Ladares underscore Brown on Twitter and on Instagram. Ladares double underscore Brown. I say it all the time. I don't know why someone had someone said they wanted to be that guy and just, you know, I guess there's another underscore. I'm like, I don't want it. It's <laughs> yeah. It, 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 that, that's a whole episode in itself. But <laughs> but once again, thank you so much, Ashley Vega, for coming. I truly do appreciate it. And, and folks, until you see and hear me again next time, I'm Ladarius. Be real, be you, be blessed, and be safe from all of us here from the Sports and the World Podcast. The Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by Exogun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Go get your Exogun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice.